Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. You know those times in life when things get really rough? I sure do. And we've all known them. Sometimes there are people there for you, supporting you through, but too often, mm, that's not the case. People are busy in their own lives and attention spans are short. And in our mobile world with people relocating, whether out of choice or necessity, you may not have developed a network of caring friends. Well, I am lucky enough to have a dear friend who has been through tough times and those times and those situations have prompted her to create an unusual situ- solution to this. So stay tuned with us for her inspiring story. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your creative advantage by taking the Creative Innovator Quiz. Find out your personal innovator style so you can open your creative flow and make everything in life easier. And even if you don't think you're an innovator, if you have a visionary idea, if you have a feeling about something that you want to create, you're an innovator in my world, in my language. So there you can learn to optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. My guest today is Candace Pearl, who after separating from her husband of 20 years and then being diagnosed with breast cancer, she knew she was going to need support to get through it. What started by asking a few friends to show up for her has become a community of women committed to showing up for each other in whatever ways are needed. Just think for a moment about that. Just, just... Breathe into that because just that sentence, just that idea alone is so profound. It, it's, it's far more than we ever think about, really. So Candace is now on a mission to ensure that all women who want a community of women who have their back can create one. She has started a nonprofit and created a template that women anywhere in the world can use to create their own women who have your back groups. Candace has been a spiritual counselor since 1994. She loves mentoring girls and women and cherishes every opportunity to make a difference. And welcome my dear friend Candace, who is making a difference. Thank you, Lori. It's so great to be here with you. So Candace, wow. You, you know, you've been an inspiration to me since I first heard about this. And um, we all do know those moments in our lives where things get so tough and it's like, and we can't do it alone. I'm one who used to think that I could do things alone and I still have those patterns of, oh no, I can handle this. I can do this. So what was happening in your life that, while you might not have those same kind of patterns that you said, you know, kind of right at the get go, I, I need people. I need a, I need a a support team. 
Yeah, I think the very hardest thing for people is to actually ask for help. And when I you know, was separated, as you mentioned, and then diagnosed with breast cancer, there was some, some call in me to not go through that alone, knowing that I was forging a new life as a single woman. And I was not going to continue in my life the way I had been, which was pretty much on my own, even in my marriage. <laughs> so if I had breast cancer, well, that was pretty much on me. And so I was now in a position as a single, almost single woman to create a community of support around me like I had not had since before my marriage. And I just created a Facebook group called Team Candace. And I didn't ask anybody. I just stuck 50 girlfriends in it, let them know I'd been diagnosed with breast cancer and would they please support me? And it was so amazing over the course of that maybe five month period from diagnosis to reconstruction, having 50 women and then some checking in on me, sending me things, dropping off food, whatever it might be that the day of my double mastectomy I had sent out about three dozen pair of breast cancer socks and asked them to wear them on the day of the surgery and send me pictures of their support. And I just felt like that would feel like support to me. Yeah. And so all day long, I received pictures of my dear friends in their little breast cancer socks, often, you know, with their dogs and um, just letting me know that they were wearing those in um, support of me and what I was going through that day. They wish they could be there and they loved me. And it was the most love I had felt really almost ever. It was just so incredible. And after the whole process was over and the reconstruction happened, and of course, all the texts and the checking in waned, people are moving on to other things. Mm-hmm. I really realized my, my, mon- my motto after cancer was, if you want to feel loved, get cancer. <laughs> and because I never felt so loved and cared about and taken care of. And I wanted that. To continue. I wanted more of that, but I didn't want cancer to do it. Right, right. <laughs> you can do it in a different way, I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> but we usually don't, do we? We don't. No, we just go on and, you know, live our lives as sort of as almost as if that had never happened unless it starts to become a calling. But I really kept thinking about it. Nothing in me would let it go. Mm-hmm. And I listened to a book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari, and he talks about the lost connections. Well, his book is really about the cause of depression. And he had been on antidepressants his whole life. And he, well, since he was a very young person, an older teenager, and he talks about that he, he was challenged to find possibly other solutions to depression than an antidepressant. (laughs) And he'd been on antidepressants for so long, they were having all kinds of impacts on him, but he thought that was the only answer. So he went on a four-year journey, happened to be a UK journalist, and he went on a four-year journey to understand depression, the causes, and surprised himself to become aware of solutions. And he talked about the disconnect. There's nine causes that were disconnected from meaningful work. We're disconnected from people anymore, especially with technology. We're disconnected from meaningful values and which is an interesting thing, but we're, we're because of our disconnection in general, we're not being held to values as much. Um, some disconnection is caused by childhood trauma. We're, we're disconnected from respect of each other because 
if we don't have status, if we're not an influencer, if we don't have money, we don't get respect in the world anymore. It's not just respect for each other as a given. And we're disconnected from the natural world, from nature, again, you know, technology um, in particular, and then disconnected from the loss of hope for a better future. And that is huge right now on the planet. And also then the role of, of genes being being a, a part of uh, depression. Mm-hmm. And so he did all of this research, didn't really plan on doing this, but it unfolded over time and found that the obvious answers, the seven ways to reconnect are about reconnecting with other people, um, about joining groups. So doesn't matter, singing groups, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spiritual groups, volunteering church, just any social group, mm-hmm. uh, reconnecting with meaningful work. So you don't even have to change your job, but you have to find the way in which your work has some meaning or purpose for you or see that, you know, if you're waiting tables that you're serving, you know, you're, you're, you're providing a service and doing that. And so it's, it's either reframing your work or going and getting more meaningful work. It doesn't matter which. And um, reconnection with sympathetic joy, which is just the capacity to be happy for people who are happy. Uh, instead of, well, I'm not going to be happy for you because I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And then also um, just acknowledging our childhood traumas, at least you don't have to delve deeply into them, but acknowledging them and then restoring the future, making sure that people have something to look forward to. And so those were his answers and, or his, his, what he learned from his journey. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to this book on the car on a six hour car ride. And I thought, I'm going to go home and reconnect with all of these things, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I started walking and talking with women I knew who were divorced, similar ages, similar circumstances, kids mostly grown, kind of divorced unexpectedly at this phase of life. And how were they managing that? And would they like a community of women to connect with who would restore these missing connections? Mm. And I spent a few months just walking and talking with women and finally had a meeting in my home with 10 of us and proposed to them this community of women who are not a support group. We've Most of us have had support groups. Most of us have connected with um, you know, spiritual things or support groups. We share what's going on. We get some love and, and care, but it's not a tangible, practical support. So what I was really proposing was a support system and being able to create a system where we show up for each other so that we know that whatever comes up, we're not going to fall through the cracks. We know that someone has our back. We know that there's a foundation under us for support. And by the end of that night, women who were on the fence beforehand or had their uh, doubts all said, oh my gosh, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. And in fact, if we create this, I'm never going to be able to leave this town <laughs> because I've been looking for a support system my whole life. So, so how do you distinguish between support system and support group? Yes, it's it's really... It's an amazing, amazing community so that whatever anybody needs, you, you said that in the bio, whatever the need is. Now we draw some boundaries in our group. We don't loan money. You know, it's very uh-huh. simple. It's like the thing, you know, try not to talk about politics. <laughs> um, you know, there are the simple things that we've had throughout history that we just don't do that keeps uh, it, it keeps a group healthier. Mm-hmm. 
However, if you need a ride for a colonoscopy, you know, this is, this is what I proposed that night. If you need a colonoscopy in the next month, how many women do you have or people you have that you can call who will come to your house, pick you up, take you to the appointment, stay there, wait for you, bring you home, get you tucked back in at home, make sure you're okay later, you know, check on you later. Every single person said, well, you know, I have one. And Mm -hmm. then when they thought about it, it's like that person might work. That person might have their own health issues. They might have kids at home. They might not be as available. So the difference is a support group is where a community of people will hear you. They'll care. They'll say loving, supportive things. Oh, that must be hard that you don't have anyone to take you to your colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. And a support system says, no problem. What day and time? Wow. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. And that's really they both are absolutely beautiful. I I have many support groups and I I wouldn't not have one. And a support system is where you have a foundation under you so that you are, it's really about being empowered as women. Mm -hmm. And so when we're alone, we, we know about the, you know, the, the last wolf in the pack um, being picked off, you know, by somebody else. And so this is really, you know, if we get kicked out of the pack, we're in trouble. We will not survive. That's just a fact. And so this is creating a pack where we don't have a a weak one who's in the back, who's going to be sacrificed to the predator and um, no one's going to get kicked out. So now, obviously, if somebody did something incredibly inappropriate, we would say, you know, this isn't a fit for you and they can still go create another group with other people and you know, all of that, it's not quite, doesn't quite translate the same as in a wolf pack, Mm -hmm. but it is that, you know, generally speaking, it's about inclusion and it's about support and it's about you getting whatever you need. And I, you know, I just have so many examples of, of how we use this in the last, it's been two and a half years now since we started and I've tried to come up with a, a name that I liked more. We, we all spent months on this and I spent two and a half years to maybe two years. Um, and the bottom line is we are the women who have your back, period. So I can't come up with a better name. It says it in five words. It tells you what we are. And it really is about empowering each of us through knowing that we have a support system under us so that we can go about our lives and do whatever it is that we're here to do Mm -hmm. and we'll have our needs met in the meantime. So for women, you know, a car breaking down, it was just one of the worst things. And I remember getting a a dead battery at the co-op and I put out the word and I'm not kidding you in five minutes, three women were at the co-op ready to jump my car. Wow. And you know, that's, I live in a small town, so it's easier than some places, but at the same time, I mean, I have, I'll just tell you the story. So I, uh, a year and a half ago, I went out to bring out my garbage and it was a snowy, icy morning, icy, actually not snowy. And I slipped and fell in my driveway. My feet went out from under me taller than my head. And I landed on both of my wrists and I broke both of them. Mm -hmm. One was just dangling off my arm and the other one I knew was broken. And My first thought was, wow, I did not know I needed two broken arms. And my second thought was, and no problem, because I have all the support I need. Wow. And my neighbor came and took me to the hospital. I texted the group. Well, I texted one friend who lived near the hospital. And she walked down because it was too icy to drive. It was Mm -hmm. up on a steep hill. She walked and spent the entire day with me at the hospital, took care of all of my stuff, helped me, you know, manage everything I needed to have 
the, you know, the surgeries and, and things. And then at the end of the day, she put out the word to our group. Someone with a four wheel drive came and picked us up at the hospital. Then she took us to the co-op and they did my shopping for me. Someone else picked up prescriptions. They got me home. They cut the sleeves of my pajamas so I could get, you know, get into my pajamas. They tucked me into the couch. They opened my pill bottles. They opened, you know, jars on food and various things. And then every day for the next month, someone from the group came and did whatever I needed for an hour. And so, you know, whether it was, again, you know, opening jars to be able to eat or it was, um, you know, doing a few dishes or, you know, doing some law. I literally had two broken arms. Now I hired someone to help me shower and I hired someone to clean my house because that's not in the scope. I felt that was beyond the mm-hmm, scope of the group. Mm-hmm. And they were still all willing, more than willing to come for an hour. Because when you have a dozen women who you can call, they're only coming twice a month. Right. Right. You know, so it's not a huge, huge ask. So the point is that you have this community of women who have your back. So you're asking a dozen women, is anyone available next Tuesday to take me to my colonoscopy? Mm-hmm. Out of a dozen women, yes, somebody is. Mm-hmm. And you're not asking your one friend who has a job and two kids at home. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> who gets tired after a while and who certainly wants to support you. But of you course. Know, I'm, I'm thinking as you're telling that story, Candace, I'm thinking about... Um, in those times in our, in our past, where not our personal past, but in our, you know, the past of our country, when communities were smaller and closer together and people didn't move away from their families. And um, I was in one in my family who, while the family stayed very close living next to it near each other, I moved across the country. Mm -hmm. And, and that's certainly more and more and more the case. And isolating. Isolating. Exactly. And and you're you're painting a picture of something so different where mm, where there is community. So you're really talking about building community in a in a quite a profound way. Mm -hmm. And I I honestly sought out women I had known uh, who I had raised my daughter with, who I knew gave more than they took in their communities. I watched them in the school setting. I watched them in the community setting. So I really chose (laughs) women who I knew were givers. Mm -hmm. But what I find is that generally, for the most part, women are nurturers, women are givers, we want to show up for each other. And I mean, so far in two and a half years, knock on wood, other than maybe one 4am airport run, uh, every single request has been honored. And we say, you know, if we don't honor your 4 a.m. airport request, it's not personal. We're just not up at four. But you never know. Somebody posted a 4 a.m. airport run and someone else was catching a flight at the same time. And so they were able to Uber together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that kind of thing, you just don't know what could come of your request. And part of the whole process of being in a community where you have to ask for support, but it's built into the community that that's what we're here for. So please. Right. I mean, most of us feel happier. Again, this is restoring meaningful values. This is restoring Mm -hmm. meaningful work. When somebody asks us for an airport run and we get to do it, it makes us feel good. Right. And so it's a win-win. We're not doing it and it's a burden. We're doing it because, oh my gosh, I got to be of service to somebody today. Mm -hmm. And that's what reconnects us to all of these lost connections that, that Johan Hari spoke about. And so it, it fills, you know, nearly all of those needs. And of course, women together, we can't help it. We form a support 
group. We, you know, we are also a support group. So if somebody says, oh my gosh, this happened to me, I need some support today. Somebody will post and say, I'm available at three, let's connect. Mm-hmm. And then they get some one-on-one, you know, emotional support, spiritual support, whatever it might be, advice if they are wanting that. Um, and so we're there for all of those things. So we've naturally become a support group and the focus is that we are a support system first and foremost. Right, right, right. That's that's the bottom line. So it's a very uh, in the physical world kind of support, which is what people, we know we need the other kind of support, but we just don't even think about you know, oh yeah, my car breaks down. What do I do? Yes. And we, we are a community of women who will give, we're, we're each other's emergency contacts. We are, we write referrals or recommendations for each other. We, um, you know, somebody just this weekend was going out of town on a date. And so she sent me the contact information of the person she was meeting. Other people have used find my friends to track each other on dates with new, you know, say first time <laughs> date to make sure they're okay. Um, we have uh, shared every resource you can think of. You know, somebody says, I want to do it some dehydrating this weekend. Does anyone have a dehydrator? We don't need to have 12 dehydrators among 12 women. Right. We just need, you know, a couple. And so it's, it's also long-term sharing resources that help the planet in terms of everybody doesn't need 12 weed whackers, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So um, we just, this weekend, somebody was asking to borrow paddle boards and I have two in my garage. And so, you know, here's the code to my house, come in. And whatever it is that we need, uh, we put it out there to the group first because that's a safe place to put out a request. Now we don't always meet it, but almost always. Mm-hmm. And then we, we get more comfortable making requests because we're afraid that someone's going to say no, but, What's the worst that can happen if someone says no? Exactly. <laughs> you ask the next person. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't just curl up in a ball and say, "Oh, nobody loves me," you know, we're we're learning to say, "No, it's not about that. It's not. It's not because no one loves me. In fact, I have a dozen right now. We have seventeen women in our group. You know, I have this you know beautiful group of women who, for the most part, they would all say yes if they could. That's the understanding. We would all say yes if we could. So if it's a no, it's just not personal. Yeah. Yeah. And in our group, the commitment is that we don't say all the reasons why we can't say no. All of us as women, we're like, oh, I wish I could. I'm so sorry, but I can't because I have this. And we just go into this whole story about it. It's just no. In fact, we don't even respond if we're a no. (laughs) We just don't respond. And then the yeses have the space to say yes. And so we don't even put our story in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't put our story out so that the, and the yeses have the space in there to, to complete the, 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 um, the requests and the cycle. Exactly. And if, if you haven't heard from the group and you put out a request and it's been two or three days, put it out again and say, did you guys get this? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of assuming, you know, something just, did you guys get this? And invariably by then someone's calendar has become clear, mm. someone's, you know, or someone was out of town and then now they've seen the request. And so put it, put it out again, no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just, yeah, it's such an amazing thing. Like we get excited that the very first night of our meeting, uh, somebody who didn't know the group, Uh, like seven of us knew each other and three people were, didn't really know the group. And at the end of the first, first meeting of explaining who we were and what, what, what my vision was, this person very hesitantly put up her hand and said, 
gosh, you know, I have this appointment next month. It's, it's this big dental procedure I need to have done. And I, I'm not allowed to drive myself. Is there anyone who could take me? And she was, you know, of course, reluctant to ask. And we literally fought over who got to bring her. I'm not kidding (laughs) you. It came down to like, you know, rock, paper, scissors for who was going to get to take her. But the six of us were like, I can, I can. And we were so excited. And then it ended up being someone she completely didn't know. And of course, they bonded and connected because they had this one-on-one experience. And so then we have these one-on-one experiences with each other in kind of an intimate way. And we get closer. And that's how we build community. And that's how we care. And that's how we are motivated to show up for each other. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm in awe and I'm, um, you know, and and even as you're talking, I'm thinking about, well, who in my life, you know, and I know that I have some people that I can call on in that way. I love how you have both structured it and, and codified it really into a form, into something that can, can take off and be there in communities around the world. And I'm wondering, has that happened yet? Are you yet taking it out into other communities? <laughs> well, as you acknowledged, it's a very in-person 3D thing. It is not a Zoom community. Now we met over Zoom regularly in when COVID started, we made a commitment to meet every Friday afternoon in a park, 10 feet apart, outside, no potlucks, no hugging, you know, all of that. And we did that for all the way from March through October till the weather just didn't allow anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was just a drop in every Friday afternoon, come if you want. And it happened every single Friday. And then we had any number of Zoom, we have subgroups. So we have people who are exploring online dating. We have people who um, have... Uh, right now we have a pickleball group. We have, um, you know, whatever the subgroups are, they would meet on Zoom, but also we'd meet as a group on Zoom once or twice a month at least and just check in with each other for the people who, there were people who weren't comfortable meeting outdoors 10 feet apart. Ah, And so we met online to support everyone. The point Mm -hmm. is that it's inclusive. So yes, you know, we have Zoom fatigue. Yes, we'd rather meet in person. And we're an inclusive community. So we made sure that for the people who couldn't meet in person, that we absolutely met on zoom and no one has to meet on zoom. It's an invitation. Mm -hmm. And so just as COVID was happening that January of 2020 and February, I had met with about it. We'd been going about a year. So I had met with, and it was completely vetted at that point. I said, okay, this works. And I was, you know, talking about it with people and people were very excited. And so I had five people, including a man who all wanted to start a people who have your back group Mm -hmm. and it was all getting going. And then COVID hit and everybody retreated to their homes. And so people who weren't already an established group like ours, there was no way that they were going to suddenly meet each other outside in the world during that very scary time. And then when summer came and people were more free, people were not focused on this. They were just so excited to get outside and go be around other people, people they already knew. Mm -hmm. And then now we're in this, you know, fourth wave or whatever it is. And so people are not, they're reluctant to, you know, to meet and do a 3D thing. So I had a dream that this summer, I would be creating meetups locally and starting to, you know, offer this over Zoom internationally for anyone who wants to learn about this. And it just hasn't, the energy's not quite there, mm-hmm. um, given all that's happening on our planet. And it's coming though. So what I have done is start a nonprofit. I am working on a website with a template with templates that 
are meetup templates. There are templates about how to invite women. There are templates on how to function, all the things that our group uses the Women Who Have Your Back community for. A little bit so far of strategizing issues because knock on wood, our group hasn't had any issues. So we've been so fortunate and issues will come up in every group. There's no way around it. They'll come up in ours at some point. And I understand that. So some strategies for how to deal with things. Of course, there are political things. Um, There are uh, social things, you know, all of that. And so the bottom line is inclusion. And um, so to answer your question, it's not happening yet, but it's there's a momentum that's happening. It's it's huge. And one just little statistic I'll share with you. I, I love Stephen Colbert and he shared this, which is what brought it to my attention. But there was a, a poll. You, a, ABC News did a poll in I want to say April, but I'm not sure if that's true. Um, And the title is Millions in the U.S. Struggle Through Life with Few to Trust. And it says that the poll, it goes on to talk about people's experiences in COVID and how isolated and how they don't have people that they can count on in 3D to support Mm -hmm. them. Uh, The poll finds 18% of U.S. adults or about 46 million people say they have just one person or nobody they can trust for help in their personal lives, such as emergency childcare, ride to the airport or support when they fall sick. And 28% say that they have just one person or no one they can trust to help draft a resume, connect to an employer, or navigate the workplace challenges. And it goes on to talk about, unfortunately, for people of color, and you know their numbers are higher, they have fewer people to rely on. And so that just really affirmed for me how important it is to have these support systems in place for something, obviously something like COVID that is so dramatic, mm-hmm. but for all of life. We need these support systems. So I feel like it's never too late. <laughs> I'm a little, you know, I wish I could have gotten it, you know, launched just as, you know, COVID was happening and really, you know, but it wasn't the right timing and I have to trust in that. And so I just trust that it'll never be too late for these communities. Of yes. Support. Yeah. But, but we're, you're really on the cutting edge. I mean, you really are um, a, a leading indicator of what is needed and what can be done. And I love that. And I, Candace, I wanted to ask you because you've used this word mm, probably half a dozen times already. And I want to ask you about it. You said they're inclusive mm-hmm. and, and you've really underlined that. And um, why is that so important? Yeah, gosh. I mean, if people are going to have your back, then they better have your back no matter what. So I get that right now, you know, we can't have women who have your back group, you know, who have anything to do, you know, there's nothing in the title around, you know, abortion or politics or, you know, all of these things, because those are such divisive topics. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, people are finding it very hard to disconnect from these topics right now. And I get that. I really, really deeply, deeply get that. And these have to be non-political communities. So in every village, even there are, even in the old days, people who had differences of opinions. And when somebody got sick, the village shows up bottom line. So, you know, this whole vaccine issue, not to politicize this conversation at all, but just to acknowledge that, we had three people that I know of in our community who weren't vaxxed. And this was before the Delta wave really took over. But someone made an invitation just innocently and, and wholeheartedly mm-hmm. wanting to invite people over to an indoor event and mentioned at the end for vaxxed people only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, while her intention was good, that's not what our group is. And so fortunately, because our group is so safe, two of the unvaxxed women were able to speak up and say, gosh, that doesn't feel very good. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people jumped in with love 
and respect. And that's the bottom line. You know, we're not jumping in as the people on next door to, you know, berate our neighbors. You know, this is a really (laughs) small community of people who we're going to see each other in person. We do love each other. We are committed to showing up for each other. And it's okay if you don't love everyone, like that's how life works, you know, that's okay. But as a group, we love our community. And so people were able to say, you know, how about if we don't meet indoors as long as vaccines are an issue? How about if we continue to meet outdoors? Now we have weather issues. We have smoke where I live. There are reasons we can't meet outdoors. So how about if we meet on Zoom? You know, like if it comes down to that, then that's the bottom line. Right. If you want to invite one person from the group to meet indoors and you both feel that's appropriate, that's fine. You know, it's you're not posting it to the whole group and mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. hey, Candace, do you want to meet indoors next week? Yeah. You know, no, that's not the thing. But you're, of course, free to reach out to one person or even two and say, you know, would you like to have a little thing? And if if it's if it's a group invitation, you want to invite the group. It has to it has to meet the parameters of what would support the whole group. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a big one right now. And, and, um, and I love how the, the consciousness is such that you find the way that will allow everybody to be part of it. And just to even carry through with that theme, the three women who were unvaxxed have since gotten vaxxed one of them this week. And each of them reached out to the group to say, I'm getting my vaccine tonight. Would you please keep me in your prayers? Or I want to get the vaccine and I'm scared. Would anybody be willing to talk to me about it and tell me about their experience? So, you know, that's how safe a community it is that we can reach out to each other, even if people in the group might feel very strongly that everyone should be vaxxed. And I have no idea how they feel because we haven't talked about it. Um, It's still safe to say I haven't done it yet. And I'd like some support. And that's an amazing thing. And that's who we are as women. Yeah. Yeah. That's who we really are. So, you know, this is about being who we really are, not who we are on next door, you know, bashing people for whatever, having a different opinion. Right. Right. Yeah. So that brings me to the next point, which is why, why is it only women? I mean, you said a little bit about women are nurturers, <laughs> um, they're sick, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I don't even mean it like that. It's just, I'm curious. Um, yeah. You, you had the potential, even if you said there was one man. Um, and I am all for men creating men who have your back groups and they can take all of my content and just which out the word women for men and they can do, you know, fine tune it to themselves. They can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. However, and I love men and I want men to have support. I think it's amazing for men to have support. This is really, yes. So one of the things is what I've experienced in my life. And that doesn't make it true for everyone is that women tend to be givers and nurturers. And did I say women, women tend to be givers and nurturers. And I'm not saying that men aren't, it's just that, Oftentimes they have a a different focus and it's, I just have this example from yesterday. So a girlfriend um, called or first texted to say that her dog was dying and she, she just knew it. And it was, she was going to have to probably take her to be put to sleep yesterday. Mm -hmm. And three minutes before she was leaving for the vet, her dog passed and she called and her husband was out of town and she called her two brothers and she called her daughter-in-law and she called other girlfriends throughout the day. And at the end of the day, we spoke again. And she said, just, she's not in this group. She lives out of town, but she said, the men all failed. (laughs) (laughs) They just didn't know how to meet her where she was. And these are spiritual men, loving men, nurturing men, but they had no clue in the world how to meet her where she was. Mm -hmm. And there's just something about the way that a woman can meet another woman 
emotionally that is different and it just meets our need for whatever kind of nurturing we're wanting and needing. The other thing is this group is not about some white knight showing up to rescue us or save us. This is about empowering women. So if we can be empowered as women to show up for each other, that's when we can actually fulfill our purpose, whatever we're here to do. Mm-hmm. And so if we're, you know, waiting around for some white knight or for hoping that some man is going to rescue us or that we have this, some, it, it's just inherent in the male female dynamic where the men are going to show up for the moves. The men are going to show up for the repairs, <laughs> you know, and I'm just going to say this, this is really, um, you might have to edit this out, but when I was a kid, and <laughs> my dad left in 1970, my mother had no clue in the world how to function. She was in her twenties still, and just, you know, a, a baby, to to every part of life Mm -hmm. her motto was we don't need no stinking penises (laughs) and she figured out how to give her car a tuna before the internet she figured Mm. she became a nurse with a sixth grade education she learned how to support her kids she learned how to be an empowered woman and she created businesses and was incredible has been incredibly successful and I have so much respect for her to this day and it's really about empowering us to not rely on men for things that are just ridiculously outdated men's jobs and let's learn to empower each other and ourselves mm-hmm. by by showing up for each other in ways that really matter which is all of life and so I feel there's just it's important for us to really focus on that. And again, the men can have their own. And my friend who wanted to create, my male friend who wanted to create this, wanted to create a co-ed group because he said his wife doesn't show up in the ways that I was describing our group does. Ah. He has kids and a farm and things to do. And she can't just drop everything and show up for him. But if he had a dozen people he could put the word out to, people could show up. And so it would be co-ed for him. And so whatever ways people want to create this, they can. And for me, I know that it's really about having women who have my back. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm just, I'm taking a deep breath with it all in honoring what you have created, what's happening, what's actually happening and in seeing the big picture. Cause I think I've told you this before. I see your book. I see you going around and, you know, and speaking around the world. Um, I see these groups all over and, and the way in which, that becomes such a um, a nourishing and nurturing part of life to both give and receive. And that circulation being something that is just inherent then in the community. So Thank it's bringing you. something I love back. your vision <laughs> from your lips to God's ears, because I see well, that's how it works. Didn't you know that? <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. I, I know that about you. And, you know, what I envision is let's say women who live in an apartment building in Chicago or New York, Mm -hmm. and they put a notice up in the elevator or the mailbox, and they end up with 10 women who can check on their pets while they're gone, bring in a package while they're at work, check their mail, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's a village in Africa where, you know, they, they need to find, it's like, if we all look, we think, oh, I have one friend or two friends I can call on. And, And I wanted to distinguish, you said call on, our group is a group of women we can rely on. So yes. we have people we can call on and we have people we can rely on. Mm-hmm. And so that's also another difference in our group. And, but then if you, if you look around your social circle, you have a handful of women who want this. Right. And so then why be that it's, it's not the catch a fish or, you know, teach people how to 
catch a fish exactly, but it's like, why have one friend when you can empower all your friends to have a whole community of friends who can show up for each other? Mm -hmm. That's the difference. And so I don't care where you are in this world, you need this. I mean, that's the bottom line. And just in, in kind of learning more about communities, been learning about the concept of social capital. And, Mm. you know, we think that money and influence and all of this is the only capital that we can have, but social capital is networks of relationships among people who live and work in a particular society. So again, it's in 3D, Mm -hmm. enabling that society to function effectively. And in my mind, to reach its potential. And so that's the point is that we have social capital, regardless of money, success, status, anything else, but that social capital will build all of those things as well. And it's not about that. It's just about independence. It's about autonomy. It's about um, uh, empowerment. Mm -hmm. And so um, the social capital is really the foundation of how we can thrive. And so that's what I see the women who have your back community really is. Yeah. When we get to rely on other people and and have that kind of support, we're better able to do what we're here to do. Exactly. We're better able to rise to the occasion, whatever the occasion is, to bring forward our great ideas, to put them into action. And Candace, that is what you're doing is putting your great idea into action. And I so love that. Thank you. And that's what you do. And so, you know, as you're coaching women in, in doing that, you know, it's, and do they have a support system under them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's exactly. so little investment to set it up. We, we use WhatsApp threads. It's just women, WWHYB airport runs, WWHYB <laughs> social invitations, uh, immediate needs requests, requests are a month from now, colonoscopy and immediate mm-hmm. need is I twisted my ankle this morning. Can someone walk my dog today? <sighs> um, you know, whatever it might be. And so we just have these WhatsApp threads and you just post on the thread. And that's it. That's the investment. And we had a once a month potluck before COVID and, uh, you know, people would just volunteer to have it at their house and put out a reminder. So, you know, if you have a dozen women once a month, I mean, once a year, you know, you would do that or somebody's happy to host every month. That's great. Um, So there's a little bit of responsibility in terms of somebody setting up the WhatsApp threads. Mm -hmm. So somebody would have to be willing to do that. But it takes about an hour to get a woman who have your back group started. <laughs> and that includes reading the system that we've created. So you read about it, you set up the WhatsApp threads, you add a few friends, you ask your friends to invite some friends, some vetted friends, mm-hmm. uh, who you know, you can rely on. Mm-hmm. And who, when they say that they'll be there for the, even the 6am airport run, you could count on them to be there for the 6am airport run or to send you a cab. <laughs> so they're reliable. And so you want someone reliable for those times. Yeah. And that's a key component for sure. And it's okay. You know, no one has, no one, it, no one is a hundred percent reliable it, because life happens, but we have backups and, you know, we have each other to be backup, you know, for and, and that sort of thing. But it's really, it takes an hour. And of course, you have to talk to some women and get some women to agree. But I just haven't met a woman who doesn't want this. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's you it. Go. And in an hour, you've got the system set up and then you're just waiting for somebody to put out a request. Right. <laughs> you're excited to honor it. <laughs> wow. So how can people find you? How can people find out more? I mean, you've, you've talked about how simple it is, but um, you do, you have, you've been through it. So you're a great guide for this. And where can they find you and your templates? Yes. So um, womenwhohaveyourback.org or .com. And, uh, is it so both? 
Both. It's both. So oh. either one, .org or .com will take you to, okay. it's, it'll really land at .org because it's, it's a nonprofit. But if you type okay. in com, you'll get there too. Mm-hmm. And um, my email address, I, I, it will change, but I'll always have this one is gratefulpearls at icloud.com. And people can email me and um, ask me anything about how to set it up. And I am planning once this really gets going or even before it really gets going, but once it launches, um, you know, as it's launching to hold regular every Saturday morning or whatever it might be, Zoom calls for anybody to drop in from anywhere in the world and ask any questions they want, get encouragement, you know, how to deal with this, you know, one person in the group, how to deal with you know, vaccines, whatever. I have advice. I don't have, um, you know, my, my, I don't have, I I just have advice to offer and people can try it Uh and, um, and experience to share. And so I'm, I just, am truly committing myself to this project. There is, I have another, another project that's in the future and my daughter's in college and I'm single. And this is really what I care about most in the entire world. So I am fully available to anybody, anytime to talk about this, to learn more about it, to learn how to solve the issues that might come up with it and to, you know, continue to improve it, expand it, streamline it, whatever it might be. I'm open to all of that. And um, I'm very committed to not changing the structure in terms of that. It's a support system, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I'm very committed to that. I'm not budging off of my vision and I'm so completely open to all feedback in ways to improve it and enhance it and evolve it because it, it has to evolve, of course, as everything does. Um, so I will be holding regular Zoom calls and I'm totally available by Zoom for anybody if they want to you know, meet face to face and everything is free. Everything is available to everyone. And, um, you know, someday hopefully it will grow and, and become monetized just so that more people can work for the organization and, and, you know, really get the word out. But I'm it's just an act of service to me and I'm giving I'm just completely available and everything is free. So bravo, bravo, Candace Pearl. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for what you've created, what you're doing, and what you're offering. I really appreciate you deeply. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for what you do for really helping people to bring their dreams into the world and for your beautiful um, wisdom talk radio to spread so many powerful messages and stories and impact people everywhere with, with what you've brought. So thank you for your gifts. Thank you, Candace. And thanks you to our listening audience for being with us today at wisdom talk radio. I always say this to join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. I mean it because you, every time it's different, every time there's something new and, um, when you get to hear what someone else is doing in the world, what someone else's ideas are, what they're creating, that inspires all of us. So remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review because that allows other people to access this wisdom and to transform the world. And that's what we're all looking to do. For more about fast-tracking your ideas to creation and revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacainstitute.com. And that's B as in boy, bacainstitute.com. Take the quiz there and find out your creative innovator's style so that you can turn your ideas into reality without missing another moment. 
Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. Facebook.